Access All Areas on FUBAR Radio. Hello, good evening, welcome to Access All Areas. I am Stephen Lang. And I'm Bobby Norris. How are you, babe? Uh, uh, well, it's been quite the week, isn't it? I think Gosh, um, it? as our show was going out last week, <laughs> quite unexpectedly, obviously, um, we got the pretty shocking news that the Queen had passed away. Um, so my week has been, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to guess nowhere near as stressful as the new Kings. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've had a lot to do and I worked all weekend. So I'm, um, I'm definitely feeling a bit uh, on the edge. <laughs> Gosh, I think like that's the best way to put it. Being, um, being a journalist at this, at this moment in time, losing their monarch has got to be like busier than you've probably felt maybe ever. Yeah. It's probably the probably, biggest story, isn't it? I think it's definitely, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm a showbiz journalist, but, but in a way, the Queen's the most famous woman in the world. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty relentless. And I've been writing a lot and reading a lot and watching a lot and listening to a lot. Like, I mean, it's just, it's been quite overwhelming, really. Um what have you thought about the whole thing? What have you? I mean, it's it's obviously a bit of a shock when it first happened, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, I think even though she was ninety six, I still think it was a bit of a shock. I yeah. kind of got a feeling when there was the announcement from the palace that afternoon, saying there was like grave concerns. Or... Yeah, the doctors were worried, weren't they? Like, yeah, worried about her health. Or... That's yeah. something that we don't normally hear from royalty, especially the queen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of thought, oh gosh, I hope she'll be all right. Um, so yeah, when it was kind of announced, it was, it's one of them things that I think just was always going to be unexpected to us because unless you're in your, maybe what your eight is now, we don't yeah. know life without the Queen yeah. as, as our monarch. Um, and the whole Charles becoming king, I think it's kind of weird to not call him Prince Charles anymore. Yeah. And then the talk of there being a coronation, like for me, that's something I remember being at school learning about, because we, yeah. we've obviously never lived through a coronation before. So it's kind of this really weird, almost like living in history. I guess we are living in history. <laughs> well, I think I, once again, I was listening to a podcast and they were saying, I just want one day when something unprecedented doesn't happen. It feels like since sort of 2016, we've just lived in this like boom, 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 like just big news happening all the time um yeah now not only did the queen die but like you said it goes straight into being king charles um a term we all have to get used to the national anthem changes to to god save the king which you now hear people shout out on the news or sing at football matches or whatever um yeah i mean it's and then and then you see all these tributes from around the world you know she obviously meant a lot to a lot of people and i think i'm a republican i I personally don't like having a royal family, but I think no one could doubt that the Queen did the best with the hand that she was given. Absolutely. You know, you dedicated her life, didn't she? I mean, up until two days before, to think, gosh, like there isn't yeah. many people that work until two days before in their late nineties. No, I mean literally nobody. I mean, I can't. There, I don't think anyone. And she was, by all accounts very into her job you know she enjoyed it and she uh, made the most of it but it didn't come without sacrifice and I think we're seeing the consequences of that now with the likes of Prince Harry and when he's talking about how when he did his Oprah interview and he said that 
his father and his brother are trapped in the system. You know what I mean? They they can't really escape um, Absolutely. ever. And you think, well, I mean, wow, that's a way of putting it, right? Because the Queen, I think, the Queen wasn't born destined to be Queen until her uncle abdicated and then her father became King and then it was she was next in line. Um, she, she never really had the beauty of what Charles and William have had from being old enough to realise that they're going to one day be king. Yeah, kind she of just lived her life her. probably yeah. never thinking I'm going to be queen one day, whereas King Charles and William would have and whatever rage you sit down. Yeah, I wonder if George knows. Yeah, I once read something about that because apparently there's obviously no guidebook <laughs> to telling your child that they're going to be <laughs> king or queen. Um, and it's a case of letting them down gently because you think how many kids say sort of, I want to be a fireman, I want to be an astronaut when I grow up. And you have to say to them, you're going to be king and you're yeah. going to, you don't have any choice in the matter. That's just what you're going to be. That's quite a, I can imagine quite a shock. So, yeah, of course, on the one hand, he's very, they're very privileged. They've got houses and wealth and, you know, lovely lives but they don't have a choice in that that's what they're born into and that's that um so it's a funny thing until you kind of sit back and you really think about it i think it takes things like this to happen to really reflect on it but Mm. obviously this is destined for for as we say charles william um but there's that kind of strange thing that you kind of think from the day after when we saw king charles going going on tours and going back to work most people like when you lose a parent i mean fortunately i i, I haven't so like um but on most people's agenda wouldn't be going to work the next day no, certainly you not. know what i mean and there's that kind of thing although that is your duty to the land and realm it's it's a hard thing to think gosh your mum died yesterday yeah do you know what I mean? And so I think you have to kick in and like from, from her last breath, like you almost inherit that you're, you're, you're now the governor. It's a seamless transition. I mean, that's kind of the thing with uh, the monarchy and the way that it's set up is that like it, it can't be anything else. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he, he doesn't even get a second to, to think about it. Um, well, I mean, imagine he was thinking about it all his life. But I mean, in that moment. It ha- it's just happened. Like the queen dies, he becomes king. Like within a second, he's, he's had a really long wait. If you consider, like, what was the queen twenty five when she became mm. a queen? His wait he's, is what seventy four years. Yeah, I think seventy two, seventy three, something like that. So it's um, a long time to be kind of waiting for that, and knowing that your mum has to die for for that. It, it's a, it must be a strange thing to get your head around. Yeah, um, and that's what I, I mean. Guess we're never gonna have a king or queen unless something terrible happens, that will ever be on the throne as long as the Queen, to do that many years? No, I mean... Do? I, 70? 70 years, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was her, her platinum jubilee was in July, and that's 70 years. Um, she's the longest reigning monarch in UK history. Which will probably never be beaten. No, I can't imagine that it will. Um, well, and if it, it could take... I mean, so if the if the world is still here in 300, 400 years, who knows what the state of, of things will be like? So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's been an interesting few days. I think I've I've learned quite a lot, um, having written quite a lot, like I said. But the one thing I do think is not funny. I mean, that's the wrong word, but quite like um, 
well, you know, just some of the the um, eccentricities of people who want to stay out and see her or see the the coffin or whatever. And then you've got these. Apparently, the queue to see her coffin at um, Westminster Hall is going to be uh, ten miles long, and people might have to wait more than twenty four hours. I mean, I can't even comprehend um, making that decision. Um, and it's amazing on one part because obviously they're incredibly dedicated to to doing it but then I also do think you didn't know her personally <laughs> you know what I mean and it's like it's interesting I think to see the outpouring of emotion and grief that people feel did you see that um the Royal Parks had to tell people to stop bringing marmalade sandwiches down no, to the parks I. yeah because people were bringing oh. paddings and beds I said I was saying to someone I worked with I was like she didn't even when she was doing that scene with Paddington for um, her Jubilee concert. Paddington wasn't actually there. I didn't even know if she knows what Paddington is. So, <laughs> you know, like and the amount of teddies I've seen of Paddington being left or, or kids holding when they've been queuing yeah. for things. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously, um, it's um, it's impressive. But yeah, I don't know. This is kind of Britain, isn't it? This is kind of what we do. Like, there's a the pomp and circumstance thing that people love so much. Um, well, I had this strange moment, one of like yesterday or the day before, where we, as I say, we've only ever known a queen. Obviously now we've got King Charles and I thought, oh gosh, right. So it must be a strange thing for him because unless it's just my mind, I would think like, this is, when this is me, knowing that that's going to, this is going to be what happens to you when you die. Because obviously I guess it's going to be a similar thing. Exactly when the same. That yeah. Day comes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously it will go to William. And I thought, gosh, like, we'll never know another queen. Whereas to mm. me, when you talk about kings, I know this probably sounds really weird, but I think of, like, fairy tales in history, like, because ne we've never known a king. Yeah, yeah. But to me, but... kings aren't really a, a thing. I've it's only true, ever comprehended a queen. So to think, gosh, as long as we're here, but even if we all live to however long, we'll, we'll never know another queen. No, no. Well, Which I mean, I guess there could be, if George was to abdicate, it could go to Charlotte um, and we could have a Queen Charlotte. I think that's the only, because Charles isn't going to abdicate. William. But how old will we be by the time? Well, yeah, exactly. It would, I, I mean, mean, I know we're only 21. But... <laughs> I think we're literally 30 years older than George, aren't we? Just nearly 30 years older. So, yeah, I mean, essentially... Unless things go very badly for Charles and William, we will never know. And also, George decided to abdicate. We'll never know Queen again. What do you think of yesterday? I think it was we've seen the images of Meghan and Harry joining Kate and Will for the walkabout. Well, I mean, it's nice to think that in grief, uh, the Queen could do what she couldn't do in life, which is bring the two brothers together. There's a lot of water under the bridge, isn't there, between the two of them? Mm. Um, and with Harry writing his book and doing all these interviews and saying things um, that he knows that Will and Kate can't respond to, um, they're not going to do a sit-down chat with, you know, Hugh Edwards on the BBC. Yeah, Will and Ollie. Like, that's just never going to happen. So they just have to kind of accept whatever it is that there is alleged against them. And I think that must be really difficult for William as a husband to know that someone's saying things about his wife or, or vice versa, even Kate with Will, and not be able to say anything publicly back, but then to be gracious enough to allow them 
to come and, and do that together. I guess in the moment you think, well, it's the life of their grandmother and that's what they're there to celebrate, right? It's like a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because I'm sure she would have loved nothing more than when her day finally come, that this wouldn't have been the situation, that there wouldn't have been a feud between the brothers or what, whoever's fallen out, whether it's the wives. Um, and I guess she would have loved nothing more than to have seen a reconsider reconciliation is the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, between the boys before she went. But sometimes funerals and family, I mean, every family has this issue, doesn't it? And the royal family is certainly no different. Um, <laughs> no, it would have been nice if she could have seen that. And I wonder if from something so sad, if it could be rectified. But like you mentioned, I think what with the book and things, has too much happened now for there ever to be as things were? Will it ever be back to... Because they was close, wasn't they? Obviously, what, what yeah, they boys yeah. went through after losing their mum at such a young age. Mm. They were, were like almost best friends. I mean, not that I know them, obviously, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, they, they were very close. Yeah. It's kind of sad that they're at where they're at, but I like that they've kind of both put that behind them, even if it's just for this week. Yeah, uh, I think if we hadn't have seen that, I definitely think the funeral Monday, um, people would have been looking at where people are That's sitting, where point. people are standing. Very good and point. then that takes away from the Queen, doesn't it? Rather mm -hmm. than thinking, oh, were the brothers speaking, or is Meghan and Kate giving each other daggers? Um, it's nice for it to just be about the Queen. Yeah, and I think we've got, I think it's funny, right? so the, the funeral will be on Monday, so we've got a good few days of her lying in state in Westminster and then uh, the funeral will happen and then that'll be it there'll be an official period of mourning for the royal family which will carry on for another week um, but the country will probably go pretty back to normal um, pretty quickly and we'll just have King Charles and that'll be that we've, we've got a little while to wait before we get um, the coronation um, has it been said when that will be? It's not till next year, is it? It'll be, yeah, it'll probably be next year. So they basically, um, they create a coronation council of people, like people, important people, um, that will make all the decisions about that. But yeah, there's been no announcement as yet. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that as, as sad of a day that um, this coming Monday will be in the Queen's funeral um, and her final journey, um, we do have a coronation to look forward to, if that's your thing. Um, uh, and I imagine there'll be lots of parties and, and things when that occurs. I reckon it will probably happen sort of next springtime. Um, I think it's good that there is that gap because it kind yeah. of, I think, would feel weird to start if it was like next week. Yeah. and having the bunting out. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's 100%. right that there is that. It, for me, it's just a strange thing to think about. I mean, the Queen's had years to... She gets it more than anyone. Um, but for me, when you kind of strip titles away from... I think, gosh, that's someone's mum, someone's yeah. nan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I know people say, oh, 96 is a good age. I don't think there's ever a nice age to go. Do you know what I mean? You still miss no, it. No. It's still heartbreaking when it's family. Of course. Um, I think when you see these images of... I think the boys earlier today were, were walking behind her coffin yeah. um, when she left Buckingham, out, uh, Buckingham Palace for the last time. It's, um, 
Yeah, but it's all just poignant, very real. Poignant, it's very yeah. real, but also very surreal at the same time. And I think it will continue to feel like that for a little while longer, to be honest. Um, well, we are going to do our show as normal. Um, and I guess next week when we come together, we'll be able to talk about what happened at the funeral. Um, but we have some exciting guests um, coming on. We've got uh, Nicole O'Brien from Too Hot to Handle uh, 2020. We've got... Uh, Bob Voicey. Is this the first time we've had another Bob? Two Bobs? I think so, yeah. Um, from Married at First Sight uh, on After Her. And then we've got uh, Emma Walsh from Made in Chelsea uh, to round off the show. Uh, well, apparently Nicole is ready to come in, so let's get her in. Perfect. Back to reality. Yeah, back to reality. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Hello, babe. All right. Hello. Oh, my God. Let me move this mop. <laughs> you would have thought in the year of the Zoom call that you'd be looking at the, the background. <laughs> I love the hair, Nicole. Thanks, babes. Love it. How are you? Huh? How are you, my love? I'm good, babe. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. All good here. I'm loving thank the beard. Oh, thank yeah, actually, you, I, for I forgot to mention this, Bob. This is quite a... Quite a substantial beard for you. <laughs> I love it. I'm oh, into it. Thank you, babe. Do you like a bit of growth? Yeah, it's so nice. Oh, into it. Thank you, babes. I um, haven't um, been on food wearing about a year and a half, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a little while. How have you been? Yeah, good. Busy. Busy. What's been going down? I've been basically I have released new music over the past month, which has been manic and then I don't know why I did this to myself but I decided to release um a clothing line yes. on the weekend of my single launch this is typical <laughs> me doing everything all at once on the same time so that was like mad stress but yeah everything just came together but it's it's really good I just need to, to learn how to manage my time properly because there's so much going on <laughs> do you thrive on being busy though yeah oh yeah. my god I have to I, how my mind works is I can never sit still like I always have to be busy I can never relax and like I had like I believe in like mediums and like I'm like all these kind of things and tarot reading cards and all that and I had like a few readings over the past like year and they were like you need to, to, to chill because you're gonna burn out you just never know how to chill I was like I know but I like being like that I just love being on the go all the time otherwise I get bored I'm the same, babes. And by the way, I'm going to quickly ask you, at the end of the show, I'm going to message you because I love a psychic, I love a tarot. So if you can recommend a good one. Oh, yes. I've got amazing ones, 100%. You're going to have to hook me up, babes. 100%. I'm all about that life. <laughs> yes. Obsessed. Well, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about the new music to start with. What, what, what's, it, what's the sound? What's been going down? So the new music, basically, I haven't released anything in like a, over a year um, mm -hmm. because I had basically two managers who were managing me, my music, who basically ruined a lot of stuff for me, stole a lot of money off me. There was a lot yeah. of shit going down. So I had to get a new manager and we had to start from scratch. So I had to wait a full year to release anything. Um, but I mean, it worked out well because he's absolutely amazing. And I got to go into the studio and work really hard on loads of different tracks. But the recent track that I released, Say La Vie, is about I'm like a sucker for choosing the wrong men. Like when I say like toxic, like 
awful men. That is the story of my life. I don't know why I get involved with these people, but I get so obsessed with them then. And I don't know why. And um, I was seeing this guy about eight months ago. And he basically completely shattered my confidence. Like I, I'm telling you now, I locked myself in my apartment for four days, bawling, crying, hating myself. And I thought, you know what, Nicole, pick yourself up, girl, get into the studio, write a song about it. So many people go through this where it's like, you know, you you lose your confidence. You know, sometimes if you're with a certain someone who just gaslights you and does all this stuff and that's what was happening to me so I thought you know what I'm gonna love myself more than I love this person I'm just gonna go in make some music about it and now I'm completely over it so I've released it and I just want to help people who are going through similar situations that you are a bad eh. you can say it can I okay you're a bad bitch you can (laughs) do whatever the hell you want so own it and just move on why is it I get exactly where you're coming from, especially back in the day. The bigger the bastard, the more I loved them. I know. You know what I mean? And it's the maddest really? thing when you think about it. But like you said, you kind of, after four days, because I think you've got to cry it out sometimes. Yes. But like Adele, you pick up your pad and your pen and write a song. Some of the best songs ever have come from Artache. Literally. But you know what's so funny is, I'm going to say 90% of the songs that I've written are about heartbreak. Um, but I kind of make them, my music is like pop, dance. So it, like, it sounds really happy and like really fun, but like there's a deep meaning to it. So yeah, like I feel like I just go through the shitter quite a lot with men. And now I'm learning that I just have to love myself more than what I do other people, which I have to be selfish sometimes. I'm, I'm learning it the hard way, but I finally learned my lesson, lads. At 27, <laughs> I think I'm at 27, but I've learned the lesson. I'm telling you, I'm 36, and every time I think I learned the lesson, I have not. <laughs> Don't say that to me. <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah, well, I'm 21. I still ain't learned. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you talk about 90% of your songs being about heartbreak. I think that's probably the one thing that as shoers we all have in common. Mm. There probably there's, there can't be a person in the land that hasn't gone through heartbreak. Yeah, one hundred percent. And like, I look at my friends as well, and like, we've all just been through really crappy relationships over the past like two years. Um, so like, I think everyone goes through it, but it just makes you stronger. Like, I genuinely yeah. do feel like a stronger person, but also a little bit emotionally unavailable. So, a little bit of both. <laughs> so have you been dating at the minute, or are you kind of completely are you off men for a while? I mean, I was off men and then I started dating someone who I was dating a while back. Um, but I'm quite reserved about it. Like, I don't know. I don't think I want to get into anything serious at the moment because this is the time now where I need to focus on myself and what I'm doing. And I feel like I want to be selfish at this moment in my life because the, the opportunities that I'm getting right now and the stuff that I want to focus on it's like I need to do it for myself. So even though I do want to be in a relationship, but I just don't know if now is the right time. So maybe like a little casual fling here and there might do, but we'll see. But you know Absolutely. what? It's like 
all these people I meet are like, Bobby, you know yourself, like all these events that we go to and it's like you end up meeting just the same people. I want to go out and like Brixton and Camden and just meet random people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm meeting the same people all the time. What I'm telling you your... now, I'm in Camden. It's not worth it. I'm in Camden <laughs> right this minute. Don't do it. <laughs> what is your ideal type? My type, okay, so looks tall, because I'm quite tall myself. I love like tanned, um, nice teeth, tattoos, quite ripped, but not too big. And then personality. Bobby, it sounds like you. <laughs> oh Bobby, will we get married? Maybe, oh, that... we... Maybe we should do it. Should we go on a date, Nicole? Let's Dating do it. Shifts. Let's do <laughs> it. <don't>... Yeah. Let... <laughs> Let's do it. I ain't had much luck with men over the years, so let's go yeah. the other way. You know what? Exactly. <laughs> let's just try something new, honey. <laughs> tell, us yeah. little, tell us a bit about your clothing range as well. Yes, so the clothing on. range, I wanted to create a brand that was like majority unisex. Um, I wear like boohoo man clothes. I wear men's clothes quite a lot. Like I love the baggy oversized look. Mm -hmm. So I want to create like street style um, and like track suits with like graffiti art on them. So myself and my team have been designing all of them for about a year. And um, we went in and uh, then I'm a nightmare to work with. Like I'll be like, if I want something changed, I'll be like, okay, we're all going to stay here till about 10 p.m. until it's done. So probably... Oh, no, you're one of those. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them. I told them before going in, I was like, look, lads, if if I want something done, we're all going to have to do it, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, so it's all, like, um, street style. Like, it's really, really cool, um, unisex, and just something different. I didn't want... I'm not very girly. Like, I used to be quite girly where I'd wear my little oh poly dresses and all that but now I love like just cool rock chick vibes so that's what I'm going with so see now you've thrown yourself completely into music and your fashion brand yeah are you kind of stepping back from reality tv you're kind of done with that now yeah I'm definitely in terms of reality tv like I don't mind doing um you know something like I'm a celeb get me out of here or bake off those kind of ones are fine but in terms of dating shows a hundred percent done like I feel like it just does not work well with doing music it's really hard to prove yourself from being even on too hot to handle the only reason I did it was to do music like genuinely because I've always wanted to do music and um, my whole life and you need followers in order for labels to look at you which is ridiculous and it does my head in because some of my music friends are the most talented people but if they have like 200 followers they don't get noticed mm. so I was like okay I'll do it the other way around I'll you know go on a show get followers and we'll see what happens but people I've worked so hard over the past few years to try and get people to not perceive me from too hot to handle and like for my music and it takes so long because even like the past few days I've been going around doing talks in schools and colleges about mental health and doing little performances for them but like a lot of them are like, oh, we loved you on Too Hot to Handle. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. But I'm trying to make it out the singer. <laughs> and I guess it's really the... difficult, isn't it? Sorry, yeah. Bro. No, go on, Bob. Sorry. I was just going to say, I guess that is the really tricky thing, because you mentioned that to have a following really helps when going into music. Mm. But I think, and I don't know what your thought is. I can't, oh, I'm guessing so from your answer, but... When you come from a reality TV show or reality TV is your background, I also think 
you can get judged for that mm -hmm. and people kind of pigeonhole you and think well you're just a reality star so how do you find that because i guess having the followers and the profile really helps with music but there must be certain people that will always talk about the reality stuff and does that bug you like it does now it didn't really like a year or two ago because i thought okay it'll it'll go away soon but like they still always have this perception of you like you probably know yourself like even you may do so many shows and do whatever but it's like oh Towie and you know and it's it is a little bit annoying but obviously I knew what I was signing up for day one um but it's just really trying to prove yourself and it just takes a long long time but hopefully I'll get there I mean Wes has done really really well I know a lot of people still True. refer to him for as you know from Love Island and whatever but He's absolutely, and Joel Curry, Joel has absolutely, yeah, he's huge, yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. Joel has done the best, I think he's just done absolutely amazing, yeah. Um, so like it is possible, but it's, it is quite frustrating at the same time, because I don't want to be known for that anymore, but I mean, obviously I'm grateful as well for it, you know what I mean, it changed my life, so cool. yeah. Double-edged double sword, yeah, totally yeah. get that. Um, well, Nicole, thank you so much for, for talking to us again. Um, really appreciate it. Best of luck with Sailor V. And uh, where, where can we find the clothing line? Probably not so, for me, but, you know, where can we? <laughs> it's called Agenda Collection. So agendacollection.co.uk. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. Enjoy your evening. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thank you. Bye. 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 Oh, so sweet. Um, so sweet. But I think I've I just got myself a date. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? In amongst all of the sadness at the moment, um, I did want to point out to her. I forgot to mention that her song's called "Say La Vie." She's got she's Irish. Like, is there not the slight bewitched element here? Doubt she would have appreciated that, but uh, that was just my thought. Um, well, Bob, we've got Bob ready to come in uh, from from Maths uh, Twenty Twenty One. Let's get him in. Maybe I'll get another date lined up. Might be one of them kind of shows. Yeah, bloody hell. <laughs> Oh, I really do need to turn this light on. Hold on. Hi, guys. Hello, hey. Bob. How are you doing? <laughs> not bad. Caught <laughs> you, you at a perfect moment. I know. Literally, just like that, mid blooming. How are you? So you're in the you're in the podcast studio right now. Yeah, literally. I was like, uh, either that, because I'm staying somewhere in London. I haven't got a laptop or iPad, so I was like, right, I'm just gonna have to get in the studio. So much nicer as well. Like beautiful studio. What more could I want, really? Yeah, really. Lovely nice. bit of sound quality. Like you say, can't go wrong. No, that literally, yeah, I was like, I come in, I, I didn't realise I was going to actually have the studio. I thought, like, I'll just use a computer. And they're like, no, we've got the studio set up, use it. I was like, oh, I love this industry. <laughs> how, how is the podcast going, mate? Mate, like, brilliant. Like, it's literally just been, like, on fire. Like, the feedback we've had has just been, like, incredible. Yeah, so to explain, um, this is the Married at First Sight accompaniment podcast, yeah. isn't it? So explain like, a bit about what you what you talk about, how, what happens on when you when you... Yeah, so basically what we do is we come into the studio, we get on it like nine o'clock, we watch the episode live, obviously like with the, the public. Yeah. So people like tweet along and like we sort of like read out tweets at the end and like play a game at the end. But we basically just completely react to all the drama and like love it. All the drama throughout the episode. We talk about the couples and like the ones that it's featured and we literally just like dissect it and just, yeah, just really break it down for people. And it's nice, man. It's good. Is it mad to think that you was in their situation just a year ago and now you're hosting the podcast? Mate, <laughs> you know, I'm, I 100% rather like being this side. 
This yeah. is like the nicest side. But it is kind of like watching someone like be with your ex-missus. Like, that's what it's like. So it's just like, I'm sort of there going, yeah, I've done that. All right, okay, yeah, you've done that better than me. Shit. What's your thoughts on this year so far and the contestants? God, how much time we got on this? <laughs> oh, 10 minutes, 15, oh, 10, 15 thank minutes. You. Um, sorry, just go having a glass of wine. Cheese. Oh, lovely. Mm. Oh, jealous. It's like got a, out of a lovely crystal glass. Oh, yeah. Well, you've got a lovely budget there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, honestly, yeah. I love it. They treat you well here. Thank you, Mark. Um, Very nice. <laughs> but, um, so the question was, so yeah, oh, this series has just gone to another level with the drama. I think they've got a, probably a bit more, like more of a dramatic cast overall this time. I think we had maybe two or three people that were quite dramatic. Whereas I think in... Uh, sorry, in our one, there was about two or three that were quite dramatic. In this one, I just feel like every single one of them is chipping in with something. Like, chipping in with a bit of drama. And even the couples, you're like, oh, like, Shanita and Jordan, you were just like, oh, my God, you guys, like, you're perfect. Boom, out of nowhere. And then it's, like, argument, and then there's crying, and then there's tears. What's going on? Like, it's just been baffling. It's baffled me, left, right, and centre, this one. But Do you think... Do you think, though, that the, we've talked, me and Bob have talked about this, about reality shows before, that mm. every time there's a new series, it kind of ups the ante, right? Like, and Oh, got to. What, yeah. How many, what is there, been four or five series in the UK now? So this is I the fourth, think, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think this is actually the seventh. But, seventh? Oh, really? But wow. it's okay. like, obviously, the original format was very much, like, I think there was like two couples. Yeah, they fair, that's get, a fair point, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they get legally married. And then they just live together and they sort of react to it through that. Whereas I think my series was the first one where we adopted like the Australian version. So it was like yeah. dinner parties. Like there's a lot more drama in it. And um, But then do you think that that's, that's, because let's be honest, it's not necessarily the most successful way to find a partner. <laughs> in fact, I mean, I put it, not, put it pretty much down the bottom of the pile. Yeah. Like, but do you think it's making better television because it's more dramatic? Even oh, hundred percent. The, the married part, hundred percent. Like, let's be honest. Like, I think if you watch reality TV, it's like you want that mixture, and I feel like they've they get that with the series. And I think with this one, they've done a better job of it. I think they've obviously upped their budget this year. Like all of them have gone to top honeymoons. There's a lot more stuff going on. So I'm just like, all right, well, I'm glad we contributed to that. I'm just like, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I had ten days in the Dominican Republic. Like, oh yeah, fair. yeah. Furthest I'd ever been is Spain. So to have 10 days in the Dominican, I was just like, yes, I, I'm just here for that. I'm joking. So, um, no, you're not. No, I'm not. No, of course, mate. It's the best part about it. What um, do you put it down to? Do you think coming off Stephen's train of thought, is it being cast intentionally that they're looking for kind of controversial or people that mm. are a little bit fiery? Or is it that the show's been on a while now and people that are applying are going on this for maybe not the most genuine reasons. That's what I just got meant to oh, say, yeah. Sorry. No, no I, I've, absolutely. I think that's a, a very fair question. And I think... Thank you. Like the majority... <laughs> you're welcome. Um, by the way, I absolutely love you, Bobby. Sorry, I just had to say Oh, thanks. Just had to say it, sorry. Um, but yeah, literally, I think they need to have that balance. Like, Because if they just had TV where it was just, right, we've got eight couples, 10 couples, every single one of them have fallen in love. It's romantic from day one, all of them all the way through the process. Yeah, it would be nice, but wouldn't really probably create good TV. So I think yeah. they like to have those um, risky people. And I think following back to sort of what you just said there, Bobby, is I think now 
the people are probably looking at this. You know, like what Love Island was like. Love Island, like when it started off, was even sort of already at that level of people wanting to just try to get famous and have their five minutes. But I think like now it's just so much more not commercialized. But I think people do just want to try getting the. They want to become celebrities. They want to be famous. Like Big Brother, like what Big Brother used to be like. And then, yeah, oh yeah, God, but that's that's shooting back up next year. So hopefully, <laughs> if we can get me in that, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think yeah, I think there's more people probably going into it now to try become famous. I think, and I feel like if you watch it now, you'll see a few more. Like from my series, I think there was a few. I think from this one, I think there's more. But um, you'd like to believe they're all just there to find love, though, right? Come on, that's what everyone wants, right? Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, would yeah. you say, who do you think if, I, if you had to just pick one? Who's the biggest game players in there at the minute? Who do you think's the least genuine? Oh God, that's well. Like, I've got, like if you go with Whitney and Duca, like. I've never seen a turnaround so much in one episode. Like, watched it last night, and it was just like they were a whole new couple. It's like they had all the drama to start off with, and then last night, I don't know if either they had I haven't, sex for I the haven't first seen time. it, so yeah, do you, can you ah, explain right. a bit about what happened? Yeah, so obviously they started off like ridiculously bad. Like, Whitney was like not giving anything to even start off with. She was literally like, he wouldn't even put the, like, the engagement ring on at the altar to start off with. So like, that's the TV show you're on. Like, if you can't even do that bit, you've got <laughs> yeah, no the basics. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, and then there was like lots of shit between him, her, and Juka, and it just looked like, ah, oh, there's no way this is going to work out. They're, they're going to be leaving in the next week or two, and then last night, just like a perfect couple, and I was like, hang on. <laughs> hang on here. Hey, do you think it's a bit fishy? Is it a bit Billingsgate? Are you not following yeah, it? Yeah doesn't i don't know like i remember me and cat when we were just doing a podcast last night we were literally like have we missed something <laughs> like what every other couple seemed to have drama and them two were just like nah we're good we're sound yeah fine so yeah something nah something don't sit right with me when i watch that and that's what i think that is interesting i mean yeah it's like but like like i said it, it, it who they could have had a little conversation off camera at some point and then that's when they've decided let's just try hard to because well i'm trying to actually think now there have been some successful couples out there from the show yeah so obviously from my series we had there was eight couples in total i think five made it all the way to the end uh, to the last commitment ceremony but two of the couples are still together so you've got matt and dan Oh, yeah, like yeah, they, of course. We've had them on the show the before, yeah. Oh, mate, like the first, yeah. obviously, first ever um, gay couple to be unmarried at first sight. Fucking brilliant human beings. Both of mm. them are just, I love them. Love them to bits. So them two were just going as strong. And we knew that from day one. Like the first time you saw them together, you were just like, you two, you're together for the rest of your life. Like, that's <laughs> it. And then obviously Adam and Taya, who are two of my best friends um, from that series, and they're um, due to have a baby in the next, I think, like four weeks or six weeks. So I think Amazing. they're doing right. <laughs> but, it did it, but it didn't go so well for you. No, well, no, but you know, it was all right. It was, uh, no, it was a shambles, yeah. <laughs> How did you find your experience? Obviously, you, you didn't walk away with love from the show, but mm. was, was it a hard thing to go through? And have you got any regrets? So it was, I think the whole, I rely a lot on 
like friends and family for like sort of emotional support and i like to talk about my feelings openly i've got no qualms about that so when that's taken out of your hands because you don't have your personal phone on you for the whole time you're filming taken off you you need to get it back at the end of the month to pay your bills and whatever you need to that's it um so to not have that to lean on when things weren't going well that was quite a difficult experience because you're sort of relying on all the other people that are mm. in the experiment but then they've got their own <laughs> marriages they're trying to figure out so that was really tough emotionally and it really drained you like physically um the only regret i really have about the whole process is that i wasn't probably completely myself because i think i tried to give myself to the process too much right. instead of actually just being like look bob carry on being you and then maybe she might have actually liked a bit more of that but i think i tried to do everything too perfectly so I think like that's the one regret is that I wasn't just more me throughout you're just, the whole you're thing. You're just too perfect, is what you're I'm just to. too amazing, <laughs> amazingly perfect in every freaking way. Like, getting cheated on on telly is never easy. No, yeah. it's not, is it? Uh, I, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, that wasn't actually aimed, but you know, yeah, what it's not you, nice. What have you got coming up next? You've obviously got the the podcast, which will carry on. Yep. while the show's on what else have you got going on so there's nothing like set in stone uh yet but um i've got i've got a meeting on this sunday which i'm buzzing for with um one of the agents of little mix um really random but brilliant you're gonna um, join little mix and... yeah basically i'm gonna <laughs> start and you're gonna your join. love is enough to take control of my whole body just as, anyway don't get me into little mix because i'm a big fan but um yeah so like there's a, an idea that i'm going to be pitching with uh, a friend that i've met um uh, a tv show even for itv where it's going to be called uh, uh, on the couch um which is something that if it goes through will be epic um mm. but it's like where we get either like a celebrity guest on or you get to someone of the public and we'll go through now ask them like proper true questions not just sort of like you um are really personal ones that like a lot of the uh, like a therapy session kind of basically thing. we're just going to break people down <laughs> and emotionally scott sounds home. brilliant yeah but um so there's that um but I've um yeah I'm really I've loved doing this podcast like I've never really been like in this industry even I studied performing arts at university but um I'd never got into this industry and doing this podcast has been the the best sort of job I've had in my life so I want to carry on in this sort of industry whether that's a yeah reality tv presenting something along those lines I'd like that's what's up there so I'm putting feeders out as we are at the moment, just gonna see what happens because I've loved living in London as well, which I never thought in a million years I'd say. <laughs> well, best of luck with the rest of uh, Recaps at First Sight and you, um, and for the rest of the series and um, and yeah, and, and let's hope it continues for you. You're a natural, so why would? Thank you. you. Oh, listen, thank you. It means a lot coming from you guys. But literally, thank you so much for having me. It's been brilliant. I love chatting to you and obviously getting to probably chat to Bobby. I ain't gonna lie, but <laughs> the two girl. bobs, the two bobbies. Love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> chatting with you. Take care. Oh, great chatting to you guys. Evening. Cheers. Take care. Thank bye, you. Bye. 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 I, I mean, I, I can see it, Bob. I can see a little flirtation happening here. Can you? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> let's go yeah i'm, in, I'm into let's it i mean it. he's, he's a he's a handsome lad but unfortunately doing married really at first sight yeah we ain't on our bus yeah probably not to be fair but yeah um, lovely looking guy well our next guest uh emma from made in chelsea is here so let's get her in
Perfect. My stomach's rumbling. Sorry if you can hear it. <laughs> I can't hear it, babe. Okay. Oh, hi, Emma. Oh, hello, Em. You're right. Sorry. Did you hear me then saying my stomach's rumbling? <laughs> I apologise if you can hear me. I haven't had dinner. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Really, really good. good, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. This is fun. You're what's very, the, very welcome. What's been going down? How are you? I'm exhausted. So if I excuse my voice at the moment. I've just got back from Italy and then I went straight into a shoot in uh, Milton Keynes um, and I fly to Canada tomorrow. So I'm a bit, wow. <laughs> a bit rusty on the voice there. But yeah, otherwise, otherwise all good. How are you guys doing? How was your trip? Which one? Monza? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. It was for uh, the Formula One. So um, we were working with um, Santander and Formula One just for their socials. Uh, and Ferrari was kind of hosting us. So it was it was great. Oh, so I'm sure there was plenty of champagne and uh, and canapes going around at these parties then as well. Yeah, then, yeah, well, we're at the motorhomes at the back. So we're with all the... Um, with all the people that work with Ferrari, so we have we have nice uh, lunches and dinners. But I obviously did my networking and and filming with everyone else. So I definitely stopped into the uh, the champagne bar. <laughs> and how was Milton Keynes? What a difference! Any champagne and Ferraris? <laughs> no champagne. No champagne. No Ferraris. A couple of warm white wines in the back. Oh, yeah, and around a couple of roundabouts. <laughs> What's taking you to Canada? Is it for work or holiday? Um, work. I'm going with Bentley. So we're test oh, driving nice. one of their new cars. So, yeah. Bentley. Yeah, so this is, so obviously people will probably know you from Made in Chelsea and, and all of that, but cars is really your passion, right? Yeah, I, I think my career, well, my career's changed over the last six years. So it's a bit of a, a weird one, I think. Um I always hope that people rec- recognize me from YouTube and cars. <laughs> of course, of course, but but that but it was a it was a part of where no, yeah, it's part yeah. of it, right? Yeah. Absolutely, so like, yeah. What, tell us a bit about the car passion. Where did it come from, and and how come you managed to make a whole career out of it? Yeah, it's really strange. I mean, I used to. My parents were performers. They were a pop group in the UK, so that like I grew up singing, dancing, performing my whole life, and went to like a go-karting party for one of the boys at school when I was like a baby um, and got in the car and just was really good. Boom, <laughs> yeah. like straight on. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this, I don't know where it came from. My whole family of performers, like I said, no, my dad watched Formula One. So I was probably the only one in the household that would watch it with him. Uh, and I just had this, I just wanted to learn how to race the cars I just watching it on tv I was just like I want to learn how to drive these cars um I still haven't driven a Formula One car <laughs> I don't think I ever will but I just had this need for like wanting to learn a race um used to go to the go-karting track quite a bit uh I grew up in a really small town in South Africa there wasn't much going on there certainly wasn't any uh, opportunities to to race uh and if you did it was quite expensive and obviously I was a girl and it was all it was just like a bit of a no-go my dad was like well you need to kind of choose I was done dancing, singing, piano, sports, all of it um, is like either or. So I, I went down the route that my, my parents did uh, and went straight into a, a massive career of, of singing, dancing and West End and girl bands and all sorts of things. So I, a lot of people don't know me like that. So it's really weird because that took up all of my life from when I was three. So for me, I feel like I am a performer and my career's changed so heavily, but people know me now as this kind of car presenter and, and driver which is 
is weird to me because that's really just a maybe a five-year portion of of my life so but yeah it um I went to Monaco on a job for a yacht it was horrible it wasn't paid it was <laughs> work 24 hours a day um but I was like right I've never been to a Formula One in my life it was a good opportunity and I I kind of took that and thought right I'm just going to network a lot meet people and enjoy the race and it that weekend actually although I there were a lot of tears and it was awful changed <laughs> my life I met so many people um and because I was so interested in Formula One, I was really able to talk to all the guests. Mm. And my job was to kind of look after all the all the VIPs. So I met the drivers and the people in the industry. And I just made such good connections um, and ended up getting my race license off the back of, of meeting all these people and started filming it for YouTube with a YouTuber that I met at on, on, on the yacht as well. So Amazing. it all kind of like interlinked and then kind of took off but like in a weird way because people then saw me as a journalist but I'd also just come off made in Chelsea so I was trying to like ditch that like blonde Chelsea girl for like <laughs> you know you got many facets really how did you find your time on made in Chelsea I well so I've now I've been on it twice I did two seasons the first time was pretty horrendous. I think I didn't know anyone on the show. I was kind of, I, I was friends with, with two of the cast members and um, we hung out for the weekend. So the show kind of got in touch with me. And it was just around this time when I had driven my first supercar on track. So all these things were on my, on my profile. And they were like, it'd be really great if you could come on and race a car around a track or, you know, do some stunts and, you know, showcase all the stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't know. That's not really the kind of you know, route I wanted to go down. And but they were like, come on, it'll be really fun. And, um, and you know, they don't, these shows, I mean, they're drama shows, aren't they, in the end? And they don't really want to showcase your personality and your yeah, yeah, right. so no you know it was good it was a good experience um but I I felt like I spent the whole season just defending myself and the story that kind of came up that wasn't real and I was like oh this hasn't really gone as well as I thought it was gonna go down and I kind of just like banked it and, and kept it quiet and I didn't really get much of a profile from from being on the show until I started doing YouTube so um that kind of took off because I was doing so much stuff with all the other YouTubers and collaborating quite a bit. And I was the only girl at the time in that space. So mm. it did quite well for me. But again, I was kind of seen as a journalist where that wasn't my career at all. Like I wanted to learn how to race. So I was then for years, like in this category of being a journalist, so I had to try to get out of that um, for quite a while. So it's, yeah, it's just been all over the place, really. <laughs> And watching it, that like you say, you went on the show twice, made in Chelsea. Mm. Was you happy with how the edit edited your scenes and and how it come across the final show? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Oh, you know, it's so difficult because you you're chatting for so long and you do feel like in those moments you feel like you're getting your point across. Or that's like, what you said before, Bob, isn't it? When you did yeah. Essex, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can literally like... stand there talking for an hour and a half, and yeah. it becomes a. Uh, a 90 second thing yeah and they kind of pull what they want and they'll pull parts of a conversation with and then they'll put another part together and then you're like wait a minute that, that wasn't the full yeah. story <laughs> so you're just like mm. I think they once even edited me saying yes when I said no and like they're just so they're so clever aren't they 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 produce the show so well and obviously that's why they they're all so popular and everyone wants to watch them but yeah sometimes you're a bit like 
Now that, that wasn't really how things went down. But um, the second time around, it was all right. Like it just wasn't, um, again, wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So, less so you're the- rolling out a third appearance. So you're kind of concentrating on the, on the cars now. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair. I think once yeah. you're getting invited by parties thrown by Ferrari or whatever, and, yeah. and even to Milton Keynes, you know. Like- to Milton Keynes, you know. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, is, is travel something that uh, the part of the job that you really enjoy, or do you miss home when you when you're away? My, my I'm really close to my family, and and they're wonderful. And but I left, I left straight away, like straight after school. I was like, bye, I'm off to the world <laughs> <laughs> and travel. And so I'm so used to. Well, I just turned thirty nine, and so I've just been traveling for for so long. Um, I'm I'm so used to it. It is a big part of what I do when I was uh, touring with you know, the West End and any kind of show that I was doing, I was always on a contract for six months or a year or I was on the cruise ships for two years. So I've always been been traveling and away from home. Yeah. So I'm definitely used to it. Um, Would you ever make a return to stage or cruises or you kind of, you found your love now and you're concentrating on the, on the cars? Um, not cruises, probably. <laughs> probably not <laughs> You don't want to be under, below decks. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, sorry. Not anymore, yeah. You're not going to Jane McDonnell it up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, performing, yeah, I miss, I miss performing a lot. I think I still find it really hard to let that go, I think, because it was such a big part of my life for so long. It's all I knew. You know, you wake up and, and you know, I felt like I was good at what I did. I got a lot of work and all of a sudden you're in a in a world where it isn't yours and you're kind of like in headlights most of the time just blagging it being like just my passion for f1 and stuff so yeah i miss it a lot i wouldn't um i wouldn't say no if the right opportunity came up but i'm, I'm definitely um definitely out of practice that's for sure <laughs> i think it's lovely to have multiple strings to your bow though do you know what i mean and lovely to Very have lucky. passions completely and like i say i think when performing arts and things like that when it's all you know like that's in you, isn't it? You, you'll never lose that. When you've grown up and you love performing, singing, dancing, acting and all that stuff, yeah, it's, it's very hard to go, oh, I'll never do that never again. again yeah. yeah, I think that's where the presenting kind of kind of helps as well. You know, you're on stage or you're in front of the camera and you're still, it's still a performance, right? You're yeah, there. you play a bit of a character yeah. even when you're, even if you're yeah, being I mean, yourself. Even my Instagram, like that, that kind of is my stage, right? And people... You know, people do take Instagram a little bit seriously, but that is that is my CV and my stage. Like, that's mm-hmm. not definitely my entire personality all the time. That is me on on show, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. your best performance when you're performing for that hour. Or yeah, so I, I definitely I definitely think the presenting's the performing side. But I wouldn't say I wouldn't say no is the right opportunity. Talking of social media, I just wanted to ask you quickly, how do you find it? Do you, do you ever come across trolls? I know a lot of people in our industry do, but I, I was intrigued. quite a lot, yeah. What, what's the common, the common thing you receive? I think, um, I mean, being on Made in Chelsea, I got trolled a lot because, you know, mm. people have their favourites and you come in and you're not really you're not really like eased into it. They kind of throw you into a scenario when then you're whoever they want you to be kind of thing. So yeah, Major Chelsea got trolled quite a bit, um, which is fine because I know that that's not really me or the real story or my truth or whatever. But yeah, Instagram's difficult. And I always I always said this because when you were a performer you're or you're auditioning, like my whole life has been 99% no, you don't have the job. No, you're not good enough. 
change your hair color you know you don't look at my part so it's always been told no and I was like you know it's, it's really difficult to come to terms with as a performer and I think most of us are probably quite insecure in that sense but you're auditioning for a role so you're like okay well I'm not right for that role but then when you go when I moved to Instagram and it was me in a set or mostly me anyway and then people start trolling you're like oh that's actually me that you're talking about which is really hard to to get to you know get to grips with um but yeah I think being a girl in the industry blonde I think you know I I film cars I drive them but Instagram was a lot of photos so blonde girl next to a supercar which you know humans automatically will judge and they'll be like oh wow I bet she can't drive that or like, oh, who she been with to get that job. And I'm just like, oh, God's sake. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a shame. Yeah, it's like a real, it's like the way society automatically thinks when actually yeah. you know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. And you get, you know, this weekend, you're like, all of a sudden, in maybe some people's eyes, because I'm new to them, like, oh, who's this blonde girl that's all of a sudden working with Ferrari and they're like I wonder what she had to do to get there and you know you're like oh well seven years of working my butt off actually yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I, that's how yeah. I got there yeah so a lot of it's jealousy from people isn't it not yeah. that that makes it right but like you say people don't see what goes on behind the scenes and the irony is people go oh it's a blonde girl sitting next to a Ferrari I bet she can't drive it yeah. I bet you know more yeah. about them cars than 99% of the people looking at people the motors, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. It's yeah. true, and you have to. You just have to take it on the chin. So I think it's I think it's times when it's something that you're maybe insecure about or, you know, then then when they repeat it, you're like, that, that hurts a bit. But They're the ones that hurt, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, you just have to take on the chin, really. What else have you got coming up this year? Is it just the rest of the season, I guess, and and doing all of that? got a nice big job with IWC and George Russell. So they're the, the watch brand that sponsors Mercedes. Wow. So that would be, yeah, that would be really cool. And I'm really just hoping this, this job now in Monza was a bit of a trial with Santander. So I'm hoping that that kind of went well for them and then they might do a few other races coming up, coming up in the year. But yeah, it's, it's normally just really month to month. It's not often I have like jobs that are too far in advance so you're like yeah. the end of the month you're like mm. <laughs> looking quiet in the diary and then suddenly you're off to, off to Milton Keats the next day holiday. I was actually working to be fair so that was I was testing out this really cool um it's this really new four-wheel like a hybrid um e-scooter type thing but it's, oh, cool. it's quite wild like it almost snakes at the back so I woke up today and I was like I can't move so you mean like you've gone to a gym class or something I'm getting old Love they're like hey, can you do that like, yeah you're the dark you used to be dancer you can do those moves I was like guys 10 years ago I used to be dancing. <laughs> yeah the muscles aren't quite so limber as they not were the same, not the same yeah hey make sure you bear me in mind when you're speaking to Bentley Yes. If, if they want to give me a car. Oh, dream. So Bobby Norris loves a Bentley. Big fan of the Bentley. I, I love the letter B, and it would look lovely on my address. <laughs> so if they want to send me one. Just take a selfie with the B and thing. Yeah, I'll do them a story on Instagram and all that. Tell I'll, I'll do them a grid post. I'll do them a grid. <laughs> they, they will jump at the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, the post. yeah. <laughs> a I white one if possible, them. please. <laughs> Um, Emma, thank you so much for joining us Steve. really appreciate it oh, you're so welcome. best of luck in Canada thank you so much guys it was lovely to chat to you you, you too. too take care babe and don't Bye. forget about the Bentley I won't <laughs>
<laughs> no bye, chance, Bob. Bye, bye, bye darling. You. <laughs> You're not getting a Bentley, Bob. I'm sorry. It's not happening. No. A boy can dream. A boy you can, can certainly dream. dream, but it's not happening. <laughs> um, well, what a lovely show. Um, really nice show. Uh, nice. Well, I mean, a bit of a topsy turvy series. We spent spent the first opening thing talking about the Queen. Um, yeah. But it you know, felt right not to though. I think we we couldn't not talk about. It. We could just sit here to talk about Kardashians, Jennifer Lopez, and Ben Affleck. Yeah. Whatever. Yes, I agree with you on that one. There's plenty um, of episodes for that. Exactly. Um, yeah, and and I'm sure next week we'll we'll be talking about um, the the yeah. funeral, which is going to be a very big deal. Um, so yeah. Uh, well, um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, till next week. Goodbye. Bye, guys.